in my life. Amen. Amen. Before we go further, let's pray, Father. Lord, we worship you, Lord. Father, I pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Let your word come forth, Lord God. Let it speak to us today, Father, Lord God. Your will and your ordering of our steps for our lives, Father. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Lord. That you would have our way, Father. That you would have your way in us, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we pray. I'd like to add one more thing. Uh, keep Elder in your prayers. He is out of town, and he was at Landmark Conference receiving. And uh, he posted on there, you know, the services there. And, man, I've been, I've been going back and listening to them slowly. And uh, there's so much rich ministry there. Amen. If you want to go and listen to those things, uh, I, I believe he posted them on the WhatsApp so that uh, we can benefit from that, amen, from that teaching and that, that word will bless your life richly, amen. But pray for him while he's out of town and his wife. It's so good to be able to get away sometimes with your wife and, you know, he gives himself so much to us in ministry, and uh, I'm thankful for those times because I know, you know, when I get away with my wife, it's like, ah, oh, I needed that at times. Amen. So keep him in prayer. Amen. Joel, I'm going to ask uh, Brother Hart to come and uh, minister to us today. Amen. 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 Good to be here today. Amen. I'm thankful for the, for the opportunity and thankful for the hunger that I feel uh, in the room today. I was just thinking of the verse during worship, Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, that says, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. It says, For they shall be filled. And I don't know about you, but I want to be filled with whatever he's pouring out with whatever he has to, to offer me, I want to make the room, make the space for him to, to have, to pour into. And um, that's, I actually want to talk a little bit about that today, man, whether or not we have the room or the space for him to pour into. Um, because I really, I, I feel like a lot of times that, that can kind of be the, the holdup is we maybe we have the hunger, we have the thirst, but we're not empty enough for him to have a place to pour into. And I, I want to talk a little bit today just about emptiness. And uh, for, the sake of, for the sake of a title, I, I really feel just in, in prayer the last couple of days and this morning, I really just feel a, a sweet touch of the Lord, and, and I believe that he will... He'll move in a miraculous way today, man, and I just want to give a title, and that is that there is a miracle in the emptiness. There's a miracle in the emptiness, man. I know I haven't preached the message yet, but if you believe that, can we just one more time, and in hunger, can we just call on the Lord and 
pray that he would speak to us exactly what he wants to today. Jesus, in your name, Father, we yield ourselves to you. We yield ourselves in hunger. We yield ourselves in thirst, God, for righteousness today. It's you, Jesus, that we thirst for. It's you that we hunger for. I pray that we would make room, Father, that we would make room in our hearts, that we would make room in our lives for you to pour into, for you to fill in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we worship you, Father. We worship you, Father. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Man, you know, in, in the kingdom of, of God and as, as individuals, as, as spiritual beings, Emptiness is not necessarily a bad thing. Um, the world sometimes can try to paint the opposite picture that you have to fill yourself, add yourself, add so many things to yourself. Like the brand of clothes that you wear have to be this brand. They have to be this quality. Um, jewelry, you need, to be, you need to be decked out and have the, the gold and be arrayed and, and all these different things that are in the world standards, it's, it's the standard is, is really what it is of the world. It's the standard that, that people in the world feel, um, feel I guess, a, a qualification from. They feel that that's their status. That's what shows the, the status that they have. But in the kingdom of God, it's the opposite. It's, it's how empty we are that shows our our. I guess you could say, for lack of better words, our status with him. And uh, a prime example of this is, is with the life of Jesus, who uh, I would like to model my life after as much as possible. And in the book of Philippians chapter 2, verse 7, the Bible says that, speaking of Jesus, it says, he made himself of, of no reputation. And he took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. <clears throat> if you look, look a little further at, at the, that word there of no reputation, in the Greek it, it literally means to, to empty or to make empty. Uh, but beyond that, it's, it's not just emptying, in the case of Jesus at least, it's not emptying out of something because he didn't really have anything to get out of him, but it was, it was a laying aside of, in his case, a laying aside of his equality with God. He said, I'm humbling myself into the form of a man, the likeness of a man, and the form of a servant. So his emptying was putting aside the reputation as the son of God. He was like, hey, I'm here. I, yeah, I'm the son of God, but I'm a servant. I'm going to serve you and be just like you as a man. And that's such a, such a beautiful thing, such a beautiful example of Christ. And, of course, and I, I'm not going to spend too, too, too much time on it today, but, of course, one of the greatest examples of, of the Lord, and, and this scripture shows it, is is his humility. That's really what I, I feel like servanthood and, 
and what he did as coming in the likeness of man, that's one of the greatest examples that it was, was an example of humility. He wasn't puffed up. He wasn't lifted up. He, he never once said, hey, I'm the son of God. Listen to me right now. <laughs> he was always humble. He always turned the attention from himself, from the man. It's, and it's an amazing thing, an amazing example that we can learn from. Man, but sometimes, and I, I, I really felt like the Lord kind of gave me two, two groups of people that I, I think all of us will fit into today, uh, two groups of people that he wanted to talk to, and one of those groups is those that have received the Holy Ghost, that have been filled with the Holy Ghost at some point in your life, and then the other group is those that haven't yet. <laughs> I think that probably covers anyone in the room, everyone in the room. I don't know if there's a third category. And so I feel like the, the word today will speak to you, whether you've received the Holy Ghost at some point or have not yet. Amen. But I, I, I feel like the, one of the areas of the miraculous that can take place today is the Lord filling people with the Holy Ghost. Man, that's, that's to me one of the greatest miracles that we can experience anyway. And so if you haven't received it, why not today? And why not be hungry enough? Why not be empty enough to let him fill you today? Man, I, uh, I want to look at a story here in, in the book of Kings, 1 Kings chapter 17. Man, as you, as you turn there, I, I do just want to say again how, how great it is to be here. Great it is to see all of you, so many, so many friends and fellow, fellow workers in the kingdom of God, that it's, it's an honor to be, to be joined with, and I honor all of you today and thankful for, uh, for the elder of this congregation, my dad, and give him honor and First, give honor to, to Elder Flowers today as well, who it's been, been such a great opportunity also to, to serve with them and, well, in what was Union Gap. <laughs> We're just fluid right now. I feel like that's all right. I think it's the will of God. Man, First Kings chapter 17. I'm going to look at a couple stories today of, of emptiness where, because of the emptiness, miracles took place. It's kind of where I, where I get my title, that there's a miracle in the emptiness. In 1 Kings 17 and verse, verse 5, this is speaking of the prophet Elijah Bible says that, so he went and he did according unto the word of the Lord. For he went and dwelt by the brook Sherith, that is before Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning and bread and flesh in the evening. And he drank of the brook. And it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. It's a little bit ironic because the fact there's 
no rain in the land was because of Elijah, praying that there be no rain. And now here he is on the run a little bit and uh, living kind of as a, as a vagabond. Uh, he's, he's living just by the side of a creek, <clears throat> being fed by birds and drinking from the water of that, that brook. And then because it had been a certain amount of time since there had been any rain, the, the stream dried up. And he got a little bit frustrated, I feel like, as I'm sure any of us would. Being like, man, Lord, <laughs> thought you were taking care of me here. Thought you had it all under control. Now here's this stream that's empty. It's dried up. Uh, but the story goes on because, of course, in that place of emptiness, in that place of dryness of the stream, God didn't forget about him. God didn't forsake him just because the stream dried up. God didn't forsake him because the natural resource that he had went away. But the Lord had another way to provide for him. And verse number eight says that the word of the Lord came to him saying, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there, because I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. So what this tells me is the Lord had already somehow, some way dealt with a widow in this city. And now he's telling the prophet, head there. That's where I want you to dwell because that's where you're going to be sustained by this, by this woman. So he obeyed. He arose and, and he went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gates of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering of sticks. And he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, I, I find it just so amazing. Maybe she already, maybe he had somewhat of a reputation and she just recognized him. Uh, maybe the Lord, when he commanded her to take care of him, put his face in her mind. I, I don't really know. Or I, I, Part of me thinks she just was had enough faith and witness to believe, man, this seems like a man of God, seems like a good enough guy. I don't have much, but he needs a drink of water, so no questions asked. I'm going to just, just obey him and go grab a cup of water for this guy who just walked into town. Now, verse number, uh, where are we at? Verse 11. As she was going to fetch it, so part of me feels like, too, the prophet was just sort of maybe testing out, like, is this the widow woman? And is she willing? Is, is she, even though the Lord's commanded her to do this thing, is she going to obey when I ask her? And that's, that's you're going to see that as a theme throughout today, that the combination of emptiness and obedience is, I, I think, a, a recipe for the miraculous. There's, there's, a, there's a miracle in the emptiness when it's combined with obedience. And so she, as she was going to fetch it, so I think the prophet kind of tested the waters. <laughs> so will she at least get me water? She, she was obeying. So he's like, all right, now let's see if she'll give me some bread. And mind you, there's, there's famine going on in the land because it hasn't rained for a couple of years. 
And so people are starting to run out of, of, of some things. When she was going to fetch it, he called her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal and a barrel and a little oil and a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son that we may eat it and die. She, she just had a little bit left. She was literally at, at the bottom of the barrel in her situation. What, what she had to sustain herself and, and her son was just about empty. She was, she was literally grabbing the wood to make the fire to prepare the last meal that she had. And I feel like sometimes, no doubt, we've all maybe even been there before. Some of you maybe are there today. Sometimes we, we get to that point, right, where it feels like, Lord, <laughs> where are you? I don't feel like I've had any rain, seen any harvest for a while. I, I'm at the bottom of my barrel. Do you even remember me? Do you even know what I'm going through? Do you see the emptiness that I have inside? And again, remember, this, this applies for those of us who've received the Holy Ghost, and it'll make more sense and apply for, for the rest as well. Because even when we've been filled with the Holy Ghost, sometimes that, that oil of the Spirit can, cannot feel as, as full as other times. You know, we, when we first receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, it's it's bubbling over, right? We, we're, we're filled with the Holy Ghost. And he gives us, and I, I don't believe that there's portions of the Spirit. Don't, don't get me wrong. We get the whole Holy Ghost when we're baptized with the Holy Ghost. But sometimes because of our situation, because of our, our faith that can wane, we can feel like there's just a little oil left. There's just a little bit at the bottom of our barrel and we feel like, man, God, I, I feel like I'm only going to make it one more day if you don't do a miracle in my emptiness. If you don't do a miracle here at this bottom of the barrel situation. But I'm thankful because he does and he will perform a miracle in your emptiness. He'll perform a miracle when you have no other options, when you have no other other place to turn to, he'll make a way where there seems to be no way. And with, with man, the things that are impossible, with God, they're possible. Amen. Because with God, there's, there's nothing that's impossible. There's nothing that he can't do. And there's nothing that you need that he doesn't want to do. For you, and so let's let's continue to read here, verse verse number twelve, or sorry, verse verse number thirteen. She just told the the prophet the reality of her situation, <clears throat> and Elijah <laughs> proceeds almost like he didn't even hear her. He said, "Fear not, go and 
and do as you have said, but make me thereof a little cake first. Even though she just told him, I only have enough for, to make some for me and my son. He said, well, go, go, make, me, go make me one first. This, this selfish prophet, man. <laughs> you know, but he had a, he of course had a word from the Lord. <clears throat> and he said, make me one first and bring it unto me. And after, make for thee and for thy son. Now that doesn't make sense. <laughs> it doesn't line up with, with reality. It doesn't line up with the, with the literal with her literal circumstance, because she just told him, I only have enough for one. They have enough for one more. But he ignored what they could see in the natural. He ignored what, what was there before them physically, and he looked beyond it into the spiritual. He looked with eyes of faith because he had a word from God, and he said, make me one first, and then you'll then make one for yourself. Verse, verse 14, for thus saith the Lord of God, the, the Lord God of Israel, the barrel of meal shall not waste. It's not going to run out. It's not going to run empty. Neither shall the cruise of oil fail until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah, and she and, she and he and her house did eat many days. And the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by Elijah. Man, there was a, I'm sure you see it there, there was, there was a miracle in her emptiness because of her willingness to trust, because of her willingness to obey this man of God. To obey, and, and even though she might not have seen it in faith as, as he did, she said, I, I might not see it with my own natural eyes and faith, but what I, what I see is emptiness. What I see is not enough. But I'm going to take a step of faith and do as he says and believe that there will be a miracle that will come out of this empty place, be a miracle that will come out of of my emptiness and my obedience to the Word of God. And, of course, that's what we see happen. That's what, that's what God can do. That's what's possible with God. When there's no other hope, when everything else is lost, when, when, all, that you've, when all that you've thought to do, you've already done, you've already tried, there's still hope. There's still a possibility with God. And because I, I really believe that, our hopeless and our impossible situations are just possibilities for God. They're not impossible situations for God. They're just situations. <laughs> They're just possibilities for him to come in and say, you know what? I'm still God. I'm still the performer of miracles. I'm still the God of the miraculous. And I've just been waiting for you to get to this point of emptiness just been waiting for you to get to this point of dependence on me. And that's where I feel like the beauty of, of emptiness comes in is, is our dependence on him. We've gotten, we've had to get to a point and 
and maybe it, maybe it takes famine. Maybe it takes losing a job and having a financial struggle. Maybe it takes a sick loved one or, or yourself being sick to get to that point of ultimate emptiness where you have no other options, where you, you cast aside all other choices and you say, God, you're the final choice. You're the final, you're the final decision that I'm going to make. I, I think this morning about the, the woman with the issue of blood for 12 years. The Bible says she had spent all that she had, spent all of it on doctors, on physicians, on, on other solutions to try to figure out this, this issue, this blood issue that she had. And it was at that point of emptiness, that point of having nothing left, no other resources to go out and try any other methods. It was at that point of her emptiness that a miracle walked into her town. Man, that, that the miracle worker walked into her town. And she had enough faith to say, I don't have any more money. I don't have any other options. But I think maybe if I can just touch the hem of this man's garment, that something could maybe happen. That in my emptiness, a miracle can take place. Man, and we know that it did. We know that in that emptiness, there was a miracle. I want to look at another, another story today. If you'll turn to the book of 2 Kings. Man, I feel the Lord talking to us today. 2 Kings chapter 4. Now, one thing I don't want to pass, pass over too quickly is from that, that story with the widow. <clears throat> you know, in Scripture, oftentimes, the oil represents the Spirit of God, right? So she had a little bit of oil left. You could, you could apply that. You could apply that to your own life as, remember, I, two, two groups today, those who have received the Holy Ghost and those who haven't yet. So you could apply that, the little bit of oil that you feel like you've got left. You're, you're empty otherwise, but if you've got the Holy Ghost, there's still hope. There's still an opportunity for a miracle with, with God, with His Spirit. I'm going to look at another example similar to that in 1 Kings chapter 4, verse 1. There cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha. This is now we, we just read about Elijah. Now we're looking at Elisha. I can't keep them separate either, so don't worry about it. <laughs> I just the only thing I remember is Elisha comes after Elijah because S comes after J. That's that's the way I remember it. <laughs> But I can't, I can't keep their stories apart. Amen. But this is Elisha, but he's still under the power of God, so really doesn't matter the man. Um, but he comes in into this woman, and <clears throat> where was I here? She says, thy servant, my husband, is dead. And thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord, and the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. So essentially, she was, she was saying, 
look, we're my my husband. He was he was working, and but we have some debts. We have some things that need to be paid. But now because he died, now the creditor is coming, and he's going to take my sons to to be slaves to work for him to pay off this debt. So she of course doesn't want that to happen, and so she she thinks maybe just maybe. There's an opportunity for a miracle here. Maybe if she calls upon the Lord, calls upon the man of God, there can be miraculous that take place. Verse 2, it says, And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? What, what are you expecting? What do you, what do you want in this moment, in this situation? And I really feel like this is, this is powerful because we... Of course, we don't, we don't always have the answer of how God's going to do what he's going to do, but we can come to God with an expectation of what we want him to do. Man, we can come and tell him, God, this is what I want you to do for me. Uh, this is the situation that I have, and this is what I would like you to do. And that's, I, I believe he wants us to do that at times. He's, our, he's a good father. So, so Elisha asks her that, and he says, tell me, what hast thou in the house? What do you have in your house? What's left in your situation? And, and she said, thy handmaid hath not anything in the house. I don't have anything. My house is empty. But. A pot of oil. I've got one thing left. It's a pot of oil. And then he said, Go borrow the vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels. Borrow not a few. When thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons, and thou shalt pour into all those vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is full. Man, there was a miracle of multiplication that took place here in an empty house, in a place of emptiness where there was one thing that remained, just a pot of oil. Again, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's still hope. There's liberty, there's power, there's opportunity for the miraculous. She said, pour it into all these vessels you just collected. Set aside that which is full. So she went from him, shut the door upon her, upon her sons, and who brought the vessels to her, and she poured out. I want to, I want to stop there and, and mention I, I, I believe that one of, the, one of the greatest things that we can do in our emptiness or one of the greatest things that we can do to empty ourselves is to pour out. Again, it's, 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 a, it's something in the kingdom of God that seems counterintuitive to what we need because we're like, God, but I need to be poured into I need to receive. I need more money. <laughs> I, need, I need a blessing in my finances. But I believe there's a principle in the scripture that if you need a blessing in your finances, 
One of the ways to receive that is give your way into that blessing with actual money. <laughs> give. Find a situation to give to and, and see what God will do. See what God will do in, in the emptiness of your situation and your trust in him saying, God, I don't have anything else left. I don't even know where I'm going to get groceries next week. But here, this is for you. This is for this situation. I'm going to trust and give it. And there's, there's, I'm telling you, there's an opportunity for a miracle in that type of emptiness and that type of humility, that type of trust in God. And, of course, another, another way to pour out is through ministry. If we have the Holy Ghost, we might be feeling like we're empty. We have no other options, no other hope. But when, when you find somebody to minister to, you find somebody to pour into, it's, it's such a powerful thing in the spirit, the way that you feel poured into and refreshed yourself. That's a, that's a kingdom principle. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense in the natural, but in the kingdom of God, supernatural. He'll pour into you when, when we pour out. So she, she began to pour out all these empty vessels that she collected. And verse 6, it came to pass when the vessels were full, that she said unto her sons, bring me another one. <clears throat> bring me another empty vessel that we just connect, collected from all of our neighbors. And her son said unto her, there's not a vessel more. There's no more. There's no more empty pots. We used them all. We filled them all up. And remember, the prophet said, go collect all that you can find, not a few. So they had a bunch. And now they had a bunch of oil from that one pot. And she's there looking for another. And they said, that's it. We've used all the empty pots in the community. And when she said that, the Bible says the oil stayed or it stopped. I really believe that the only thing that at times can stop the miraculous from flowing is a lack of emptiness. A lack of, of empty vessels or empty opportunities for him to flow into. Could we see that in this situation? That, that was the only thing that caused that oil to stop. If they, they kept going beyond the borders of their city and kept looking for empty vessels and bringing them in, I truly believe that oil would have just kept flowing. As long as they could bring pots in, that oil would have kept flowing. And I, I know we're talking about the miraculous today, and I, this really is an area of the miraculous, and as you all know, is the reaching of souls. And it's, it's happening. We're going to areas, regions beyond Yakima, beyond just this city, because we're like, and obviously there's more empty vessels. There's more empty vessels here in Yakima, but we believe scriptural principle of multiplication that his the oil of his spirit will not be stayed when there's an empty vessel to be poured into. When there's a hungry heart, that someone that hungers and thirsts for righteousness, God says, I'm going to multiply in that situation. I'm going to pour into that person. I'm going to pour into that city, that community. 
They that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. So the oil stayed, and she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go sell the oil and pay thy debt, and live thou and thy children of the rest. The mir- miraculous, the miracle that took place in that emptiness, in that opportunity. And one other... One other area I want to mention today is one of the ways that we can, I believe, empty ourselves before God is through, through fasting. I don't spend too much time on it, but if, if, if you're someone today, you're like, man, I don't feel like I'm in a situation that's empty, but, but I want to hunger for him more. I want to thirst for him more. I want to see what he would pour into me. Fasting is one of the greatest ways to empty yourself of yourself. The Bible says in, in the Gospels, the, the disciples, they were trying to cast out this, this uh, demon from a child, and they couldn't do it. And so then they brought him to Jesus, and Jesus said, Where, where's your faith? And then he says, this kind comes not out but by prayer and fasting. So what that tells me is there's things in people's lives and there's things, no doubt, in my life that aren't going to come out except by prayer and fasting. And, but there's things in me, there's things about Joel <laughs> that I want out. There's things about me that I want to go to a place of prayer and fasting to empty out because I'm not satisfied with what I've been poured into at this point in my life yet, because I know there's more of him to be received. You know, his depths are unsearchable, and so what he can pour out is endless. What he can pour out has no limit, has no end, and you can, you can stand with me this morning. I'm going to finish here. You know, I, I, I said I felt like, <clears throat> felt like the Lord gave me direction today that be speaking to, be speaking to individuals filled with the Holy Ghost and, and those that hadn't yet. And he gave me, gave me a story for, for maybe those of, of us, those of you who, who haven't received the baptism of the Holy Ghost yet. You don't have yet that flow of oil in your life. And the story along similar lines to what we've read today about these vessels and emptiness is in the New Testament when Jesus was, he was at a wedding and the Bible says that they ran out of wine at this wedding. And so the people of the wedding, I don't know who it was, if maybe it was the wedding coordinator, came to Jesus' mother and said, hey, we're out of wine. We got a situation here. The night is young. The party's just getting started. And Jesus' mother comes to him and says, hey, can you do something about this, this empty situation? We've run dry. We've got no 
We've got no wine. We've got no, no flow here in this wedding. And at first, he, he didn't really want to do it. He's like, you know, my time hasn't really come yet. Um, but then he, he gave in. I believe he gave in to the, to the faith that was there, that was present. And you know he, what he had them do and, and marry his mother first? He tells, she tells the, the people, whatever he tells you to do, do it. You got to mix what he tells you got to mix your emptiness with obedience. When we when we want to see the miraculous, when we want to see outpouring, there's got to be an obedience that's paired with the emptiness. And so Jesus, I'm sure you know the story. He tells some of the helpers there. He says, "All right. Here's what you can do." Go in the other room, get a bunch of these pots that are in there. It's interesting. I'm sure there's probably something to it. They, they were pots. They were used for, for purification at that time. And they were, I, I think, if you look at it, I think they were about like 9 or 10-gallon pots in our measurement. And he says, get them and go fill them with water. And... They got them, they filled them all with water, these empty pots. And of course, then they brought them to the, to the head guy of the wedding and poured it out. And it was wine. And, but not only was it wine, but it was, it was better wine than they'd had all night. It wasn't some cheap bottom-of-the-shelf wine. It wasn't some knockoff brand. But this was the real thing. And this was a new wine that they not tasted of before that was able to take place because of emptiness. That miracle never would have happened if they had enough of their wine at that wedding. But because they ran out of what they had, because they became empty, there was an opportunity for the miraculous to take place in their emptiness. And I feel like that story to me, I feel like is for those who, who haven't received the Holy Ghost. It's a completely different story. No oil involved in that one. Just empty pots, empty vessels, and then new wine. And that's, that's really what the Holy Ghost is, is it's a new wine. It's not some artificial thing. It's not some fake but it's the real thing. It's what we need in, in this world, in this, in this situation that we're in today. And in, in our empty situation, we need the flow of the Holy Ghost. And not only do we need the miraculous, but we need the, just the Holy Ghost in our lives to make us holy like he is holy, to make us righteous like he is righteous, to bring us closer to him. Man, I want to open these altars this morning. If you feel like you're in an empty situation, or if you'd like to receive the Holy Ghost today, these altars are open for you. If you would just come, come on, let's respond to the Lord today and in an emptiness and a hunger before Him. Amen. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Allah Baha Tata Baha Yatata Baha Satata Baha.